match, man. You know the fuck that nigga. Play on me, man. <laughs> Lights on, mics on. I got the game on the motherfucking iPad. So we everything's a go, B. Turn this motherfucking me sign on. Alright. Alright, fuck it, let's get it. Yes, sir. What's poppin'? What's poppin'? Welcome back to another motherfucking episode of a thin line between Jesus and Sandy Podcast. I am the flyest, highest, coolest, smoothest host of them all. Oh, gee, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> One more time for them bitch ass niggas in the back. The flyest, highest, coolest, smoothest host of them all. Oh, gee, hatch, you know the fuck it is, man. What's up with the people? All around the world, the big booty, beautiful girls, rocking them diamonds and pearls. <laughs> now nah, let me stop, man. What's up with you? I know about that looking good, feeling good, stand safe. It's a whole lot of shit going on. You church my text each and every motherfucking week. Um, Hope you out there looking good, feeling good, man. I want to say shout out to everybody's been tapped in since day motherfucking me one. Everybody's been tapped in since the beginning of phase two. This is episode 103. As you see at the bottom of your motherfucking screen, we all on the grind 200. The grind don't motherfucking stop. Sometimes I got to say that shit <laughs> to read, to read motherfucking me, convince myself. <laughs> it's kind of hard for a nigga to take three month break and come back saying the grind don't stop, ain't it? <laughs> Shit kind of wild, B. I ain't going to lie to you. Um, There's a whole lot of shit going on, man. As you can see, we stuck with the same camera angle from last week. So shout out to everybody that's watching on OGH TV on YouTube, man. Ring that bell. Drop a like. Subscribe to the channel. All that good shit that YouTube say. Shout out to everybody that's tapped in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Audio, Mac, etc., etc. As I say each and every week, I'm pulling the fuck up, B. <laughs> I'm pulling the fuck up, man. Feedback from last week's episode was pretty motherfucking me good. I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy to um, to be putting out this great content. Like I told somebody, one of my homeboys, I told him, you know what I'm saying, coming back to this podcast shit, I feel like I got, you know what I'm saying, a fresh breath of this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I feel rejuvenated. You know what I'm saying? Nigga feel like he can go put 30 right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm feeling good. You know what I'm saying? Basketball season came back. I did all this. This shit kind of timed itself out perfectly. You know what I'm saying? So I'm happy about all this shit, man. I'm in a good space mentally, physically, and emotionally right now. Trying to get some of my old bitches back. <laughs> trying to get some of my old work back. We'll see how that goes. I'll update you guys in the next couple weeks. <laughs> so let you know if I got them draws again. <laughs> um, but it's a lot of shit on the motherfucking me, Doc. I ain't going to hold y'all. Um, I will be honest. You know, a nigga been feeling a little... I don't know if it's because I've been letting my motherfucking... Uh, what the fuck? Did these niggas go to overtime? Oh my god! I'm sorry. I got the. I told you I got the game on the motherfucking side of the screen right now. The fucking Knicks is just tied this motherfucker three seconds up against the Grizzlies. Cam Reddish, what the fuck? <laughs> Don't fuck up the parlay, B. <laughs> I like you, but you're doing a tad much. I ain't gonna lie to you. Um, like I was saying, you know, I don't know if it's because of the, you know, the out here in AZ, the weather and shit. You know, it's been a little bit cool, a little bit chillier these last couple of days in the 70s and shit like that. I don't know if it's because the dust in the motherfucking air or what, but my, my science has been fucking with me all motherfucking me day. Um, so I don't know how long this episode will be because I don't want to be, you know what I'm saying, sound like motherfucking me a dumbass on this motherfucking me audio recording. Because <laughs> in my mind, I see my voice sound a little bit fucked up. So I'm going to record this and see how it goes and I'll put it out. But I, it may not be that long because I don't have a long ass episode that I don't like to put it out to you guys, especially this early in phase motherfucking me too. Um. But it's a lot of shit on the motherfucking docket. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into it. Um, I got to talk about something that's really been on my mind. You know, it's something I noticed. You know, growing up, you always heard the saying, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? And that's true. I used to be one of those motherfuckers calling people ugly and things of that nature. But it took me a long time to realize that I don't really think there's anyone who's ugly. Because at some point, you have to realize there's somebody for everybody. And just because they, they're not attractive to you, they can be attractive to a thousand or a million other motherfuckers. 
I see it all the time on social media. It's there's some women that I just don't see it, but they got a million followers. It's a million niggas in their comments with hard eyes, with eggplanting motors and shit trying to get their shit off. It's somebody for everybody, as you can see. I'm still looking. I mean, look, y'all don't have to be shy about being thirsty for your boy. Send me those titties. <laughs> Send me that ass. I want to see something. <laughs> I'm soliciting. <laughs> now, let me stop him up and try to put a case on. <laughs> Before I be next to Sean. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we always talk about beauties in the eye of the beholder. We never truly talk about success being out of beholder. You know, it took me a minute. You know, I come on this podcast and I talk about this show all the time that, you know, I got a nice car. I got a nice job. I got, you know what I'm saying, my own shit, my own house, my own dog. My, you know, I pay my own bills. I got my own shit. I'm living laps. I got a degree. I'm good. I'm up 20 points right now. But I don't really view that shit as success. And the reason why I don't is because I really just feel like I'm living a normal everyday life. Like, I don't really feel like I'm doing anything out, you know, it's out of the motherfucking box to get by. Like, I feel like I'm really just doing the bare minimum type shit to get the things that I get. And when it comes to success, I had to sit back and think about what I actually deem successful for Hatch. What does Hatch truly want in life? Because it's, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what the fuck I exactly want in life because... As I say, I got all these things. There's so many times where I'm feeling without, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm lacking in certain areas when on the outside looking in, I got all that shit, you know what I'm saying? I've realized that success for me is to paint the picture that I always wanted when I was growing up. And growing up, I always wanted to see, you know, my father with me, my mom, and things of that nature. But since I've never had that and I can never grasp that and see and get that image as a kid, that's a that's a that's the pressure I'm putting myself as an adult to make sure I get that shit popping. And I think that's what really I think that's my success. And, I, and it made me think about I forget the nigga I was watching. It was a running back. It was it was a running back in the NFL that just got signed off the street. This may be a horrible analogy, but I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> I already forgot the nigga name, so it may it may be horrible, but just bear with the nigga. There was a running back that got picked up off the streets, right? Um, hadn't been playing. Nigga ain't been playing. He was on the couch. They signed him up off the streets, and they was talking about how he had 50. You know what? It was um, what's the nigga name? What's the damn? I, I just had it. King and Drake. It was a nigga, King and Drake. And it was something like King and Drake got, was it 38? I believe it was it was 38 total touchdowns, right? The nigga got 38 total touchdowns. And I sat back and I was like, damn. I remember King and Drake in college was that nigga. And nigga, one would say King and Drake in the NFL wasn't shit. But King and Drake had 38 motherfucking touchdowns. So I had to sit back and think like, damn, a nigga like me thinking a nigga in the NFL success would be X amount of Pro Bowls, Super Bowl, shit like that. That's what you know, that's, that's some regular Joe Schmo. That's what they thought process to be. Then I had to sit back and think, oh, this nigga really had 38 motherfucking touchdowns. He got 38 more than I got. But then I had to think about success is different for every motherfucking body. Because you got niggas who want to get to the league just to get to the league. A lot of niggas you heard that make it to the league, a lot of niggas' dreams ain't to become champions. A lot of niggas' dreams was to just make it to the league. So a lot of times you see niggas who make it to the league and they fall off and they not putting in the work. That's in your eyes, my nigga. They ain't already put in the work. Their dreams was different from yours. Success is in the eye of the beholder. Because just because somebody ain't doing what you deem as success don't mean they not thriving in their eyes. And that's that's my point of all this. Maybe I went about the long about way talking about King and Drake. A lot of y'all don't know who the fuck King and Drake is. I barely know who King and Drake is. <laughs> but success is in the eye of the beholder. So success for me is I want a family. I want I want to be able to paint that picture for my child of mom and dad at home. Granted, you know what I'm saying my um my father was killed when I was younger, when I was almost three years old. So I never got that. I was always wanting that. Although I knew I couldn't have that, that was always the image that I wanted. But since I, I still haven't recreated that image for me personally, I still don't feel successful in all the great things that I do. 
And it took me a while to really realize that. It took me a while to really just sit back and think, like, yo, Hatch, bro, what the fuck did you truly want? If you could pick anything in life right now that would make you happy, it would say if I had if I had a family. Because everything else, you I can replace all that shit. You can't replace your family, fam. You just can't. I tell people all the time, you born with that shit. Them the people you, that gotta like you. And don't nobody else gotta like you. Don't do that God like you is your family. You don't get to choose them. You know, unless you adopt a motherfucker. I ain't adopting shit. <laughs> I ain't adopting shit. If I'm gonna wipe some ass, bro, it gotta be some some uh, ass of my own child. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I ain't that motherfucker responsible to be taking care of strangers and shit. <laughs> Just me. <laughs> Just you, boy. <laughs> but it's like, that would make, that would make, would make me happy. You know, I thought about, you know what I'm saying? Everybody want to be famous. Everybody want to be, you know, have the money, have, you know, the cars, the clothes, all the baddest bitches on their dick and shit like that. Yeah, that's cool. I had that. <laughs> like, I had that. In my early 20s, I was living. I'm still living, my nigga. But that's the stuff. That that doesn't that doesn't um fulfill me. That's not the shit that I'm thinking about every day. It comes to a certain point in time where it's like, what what's the next stage in life? After you done got after you got all the partying out the way, like I tell people all the time, like, people ask me why I don't go to clubs and shit like that. And I tell them like your fam, I haven't been to a club since I left college. And when I say college, I mean when I was on, on campus at Mo West and shit. And I tell people all the time, every time I went out, bad shit happened. Bad shit happened. Fights, just countless fights for no reason. I can't remember why I was fighting, but I know I was fighting. I can't remember why I was getting into it with the niggas who ended up shooting outside the club. I can't understand why I had to knock out the nigga who got drafted in the NFL draft a couple weeks later. I can't understand. I can't tell you why these things took place. I can't. I can't pinpoint exactly why that shit took place. So I just decided not to even put myself in that situation. Cause I'm a big nigga. Niggas try big niggas. I'm a good looking big nigga. Girls like big look, uh, good looking big niggas, and niggas hate it. And I got dreads, and I got hazel eyes, and I got tattoos, and I got a knot in my pants, nigga. I'm a target. <laughs> I'm a target. <laughs> so I stayed my black ass at the house. But the double back to success. I think it's important that we all identify that no matter what we're doing in life, everybody's not going to deem it as some huge accomplishment. You know what I mean? Everybody's not going to see what you're doing and give you your props on shit because everything is not a huge milestone to everybody. And I think a lot of times we generalize and we group things together and we look for, uh, you know, validity from other motherfuckers and seek solidarity and seek acceptance from other people when that's not the case. Success should be in the eye of the beholder. The same way you think that ugly bitch with lopsided titties with long motherfucking me lips and chin and shit is cute and adorable and had babies by her, you should feel the same way about working your nine to five. You should feel the exact same way about doing your little startup lawn, your lawn care business. You should feel the same exact way about starting your podcast and getting your, you know what I'm saying, a couple of views. You should feel the same about that because success should be in the eye of the beholder. Fuck what everybody else is talking about. If that shit make you feel good, nigga, you being successful. That's just a fact. Because you can do a whole bunch of bullshit that'll, that'll just fuck you up. You can be doing crack. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm done with the crack talk. <laughs> I'm done with the motherfucking crack talk. <laughs> But I'm being real, bro. Success is in the eye of the motherfucking beholder. And I truly just wish we all um, accept that um, and, and, and try to, you know, add that to our everyday way of thinking and living because I think that changed a lot of motherfuckers from being, you know, uh, seeking seeking uh, acceptance and, and doing the most to be accepted by, by, the, by a large group of people because they think what they're doing is not working. It's not quote-unquote successful. So, Think about it, guys. <laughs> That's how nigga, you know some nigga just said some shit. Think about it, guys. <laughs> Real talk. Um, but I want to move on. Um, as you can see on the bottom of the screen, I got monogamous hatch. I want to talk about monogamy. Um, you know, I was talking to you know one of my uh, lady friends, uh, and she was asking me, um, do I believe um in monogamy? And I tell people all the time, I have no problem with monogamy. 
I will say I was I am one of those men who was raised by some player ass niggas. That's <laughs> just in my blood, baby. Niggas was telling me as a kid that yo, there's seven women to every man. The numbers is in the numbers, the numbers is there. It's more fish in the sea. Like all that shit came from some player shit. Smoke, it's more bitches out there. And for ladies, it's more niggas out there. So when it comes to monogamy, I'm one of those people to where do I believe that you can just have one person, one person can make you happy? Absolutely. I do believe that. But I also believe in why limit yourself to just one person? If you can have, if, if there's multiple women who love me, right? Why would I limit myself and cut three women off just to be with one? Now, I'm not saying that's some shit that I would do. This whole poly shit that's going around that I think is a fucking fad. I think a lot of people been doing this shit. It just ain't, ain't been this public and out and open with the shit. But I do, I do think this whole poly shit is a fad. Every 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 couple of years, some shit just become a trend, and motherfuckers do it because they saw some shit on Instagram getting a bunch of likes. I don't think I personally could do the whole poly shit because I got an attitude problem. <laughs> like I don't got time to be trying to juggle all the all the fucking me the do's and don'ts of multiple women because every woman's not the same. They may they may get mad at the same the same shit, but they tolerance with shit is different. The way they talk to you is different. The way they the way they fucking like to be talked to is different. I can't juggle that shit. To the niggas that can, I salute you. Big ups. But I don't think that that's some shit that I, that's for me. Am I against it? No. But I don't believe in the motherfuckers uh, limiting themselves or settling for some bullshit. Because a lot of motherfuckers that I see, and I was a victim of this too. I, I've done it plenty of times to where I've talked to somebody for entirely too long because I was selling. A lot of times you selling for shit and don't even know it. A lot of times you, a lot of times you can just be, you can be doing some shit, or you can be talking to somebody and not even be happy, right? And somebody could come by who you just vibing with, off top, but you don't go for it because you know you you dealing with a situation back at the house that you're not even happy with. Now I'm not encouraging people to cheat. I I never did that. The only time I ever felt like I was about to cheat in a relationship, I literally broke up with that girl. I broke up with said girl. Because I didn't want to be a cheater. Although the shit that I broke my word for, the, the setup didn't go through, I felt a lot better. My conscience was clear because I literally broke up with her not to cheat on her. Never got back with her, no shit like that. So it wasn't like I was playing her trying to, you know, take a break and go fuck. No, it wasn't even like that. But I truly believe in why limit yourself and why, and why, why, why not take the chances of meeting the right person for you? If you can juggle, if you if you got two or three women who love you and they all love you equal and they all accept the fact you're going to be with them, why not be with them? If you can put up with that shit, why not be with them? If you can only be with one person, then just be with that one person. A lot of motherfuckers ain't got multiple women or, or multiple men that are loving. So I, it comes to a certain point in time where you have to be, you have to be <laughs> self-aware as well. A lot of motherfuckers ain't got it like that. If you ain't got the juice, you ain't got the juice. <laughs> if you like, because before you ask yourself, could you do poly? You need to seriously look in the mirror and, and, and ask yourself, will multiple people love you? <laughs> you need to see, will multiple people, will one ride your dick while one licking your toes? Will that happen for you? If that won't happen, being the being poly shit is not even a question. If you can honestly look in the mirror and say, yeah, I can have one bitch ride my dick while one licking my toes, yeah, Polly may be for you, my nigga. <laughs> that's, just, that's just how I look at the shit. Everybody ain't guy like that. But why limit yourself to not being happy? Why why limit yourself? Because that's other motherfuckers say that's what, that's what you need to do. Fuck that. You're going to cheat anyway. Why not try to make that shit work with, all, with everybody at one time? Why not type shit? I just don't think I could deal with it. So, it was just an interesting conversation to have because I feel like when you when I was talking to this said lady friend, she was a bit taken aback when I first said I don't have anything against uh, Polly. I don't know if it's some American shit because we all know back over in Egypt and Africa and all the other countries and shit like that. Niggas be having multiple wives. Women be having multiple husbands. It's just some American shit to where it's like, nah, bro, ain't, 
you can't be slanging that shit like that. If motherfuckers slanging that shit anyway, why not sling it to the same two, three bitches and just love them all? I mean, sometimes life shit ain't that hard, bitch. <laughs> like, for real. If you got a cycle of women anyway, why not try to make that shit work if you can? I don't know. Just shit, shit. This, the more I think about the shit, sound like a bright idea to me. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I just think I don't think I can personally deal with the shit. I got. I, I just don't think I can motherfucking do it. Real talk. Um, but moving on, man. I want to talk about um living in the what if realm and how it's dangerous. I kind of made this shit up, the what if realm. So hopefully, I can follow me and see what I'm talking about. Um, I kind. I want to use an example. Uh, something that I think about all the time, and I, was, I, t- I talked about it earlier in this podcast about um, about my pops. You know, my pops was murdered when I was three years old, right? Uh, and one would think that growing up, I would always, you know, want my pops back. And to be completely honest with you guys and all the friends of the show, I've never... Oh, let me uh, lean back right fast. I've never... You know what I'm saying? I've never wished for my pops to be back. And I and I want to explain that because my pops was my pops was murdered when I was three years old. So any normal young any normal kid be like, y'all want my pops back and yada 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 and all that good shit. I've always been under the mindset that I couldn't do that. And the reason why I say is because my little brother, we don't have the same pops. My little brother, I was my father was murdered when I was three years old. I'm seven years older than my brother. So when I, around the time when I was you know, 10 and shit, this nigga was being born. I'm, I'm sorry, when I was seven, this nigga was being born. I've never thought about having my pops back because I've always valued my little brother. And I've always thought about that even when I was a kid. And I think that's why a lot of times I'd be so fucked up in the head because as a kid, I was making a hard decision of whether or not I should want my, pop, my uh, pops back or just love my little brother, and I think, and I think as I got older, I just learned to uh, value and cherish my little brother. Those moments, with my little brother, more than I um, was saddened at the part at the fact that I didn't have those moments with my pops. And a lot of times, even having those the thought process, even having the thought process about what if my pops was here, type shit, how different would my life be? That shit led to depression. And I think a lot of times in life, we all sit back and we all ask ourselves, what if, what if I did this? What if I did, what if I did this to that person? What if I never fucked this up? What if I made this move? What if I, you know what I'm saying, move to this seat? We all, whatever it is, we all ask ourselves, what if? And that's just, that, that becomes a thought process. That becomes the second guessing yourself. That becomes, well, that's all it truly is when you ask a what if. That's just second guessing yourself. Excuse me. And that shit dangerous because when you second guess yourself, and I don't want to speak for everybody, but I'll speak for myself. When you when I second guess myself, bro, that leads to self-doubt, that leads to fucking insecurity, and that leads to depression and anxiety. All that shit gets it gets amped up because once I lose my once I second guess myself, I begin to lose my confidence. And I don't know about everybody else, but once I lose my mother for me confidence, I'm like Ben Simmons. <laughs> I'm like Ben Simmons when I lose my confidence. I don't even want to shoot the ball, nigga. Her, assist. <laughs> Let me help a nigga out. <laughs> but that I think is just as simple as not falling for the what if trick. Because it's so it's so easy, fam. It's so easy to be like, yo, what if I did this? You know how many times I ask myself, yo, what if I just fuck with old girl? What if what if I what if I settle for, for that shit? Because there's moments in time where you're a nigga, I ain't got shit going on, and I'm sitting back looking for some action. And if I ain't got no action, I'm like, damn, what if I ain't go off on old girl? Or what if I just say, yeah, yeah, baby, you right. Probably can get some mad, some some major head right now. <laughs> but second guessing, second guessing myself leads to then did I make the right decision? Damn, was I right in leaving that situation? Damn, was I right in doing what I did? And a lot of times you, they say you got to go with your first gut, go with your intuition. A lot of times when you go with your intuition, you go with your first gut, and you start second-guessing yourself. When you come back into a situation to where you should use your uh, intuition and first gut, you don't. And then you lose, it ends up in a fucked-up situation. 
Like I said, I'm only speaking from my experience. Maybe, maybe y'all some fucking, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, some decision-making gurus. But for me, no. I fuck up a lot. And a lot of times, the fuck-ups that really bother me, the, mo- the fuck-ups that really damage me the most is the ones that I, could, I couldn't accept what my decision-making. When I second guessed it, any 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 fuck up that I made that I was I, I made my decision I was okay with it didn't really linger on that bad. It, the, the, the after effects wasn't that long. Like I was straight, I was good. I'm still breathing. How the song go? I'm still alive. Like like I was good. But all decisions and the fuck ups in my life that I made, I truly only deemed them as fuck ups because. I second guess my thought process, my idea, my decision making. I second guessed it because the simple question of what if popped in my head. And that shit is just so that shit is so sad. You know, it's so sad because uh, as, as a man, as a man, I, I try so hard, you know what I'm saying, to um be firm in my decision making. I don't know why I view um, you know, second just second guessing or second um or second guessing my decision making process as a weak as a weak trait, but I truly do because I know what it does to me psychologically. Like I, it begins to fuck with my head and my confidence, and I see it happen all the time with other people. I don't know if I'm just the only person who admits this shit. I don't. I'm not looking for a cookie. You know what I'm saying? I ain't looking for no fucking props or nothing. But I think it's a lot of things. A lot of times we all ask ourselves what if, and then we we fucking um, reflect on our decision making process. And we go hard on ourselves. And a lot of times it don't even be that deep. And a lot of times you truly did make the right decision. It's just a lot of times the right decision can be a tough fucking decision. And you don't always see the glitz and glory, you know, it's the glamour from your decision making process right away. Sometimes the best motherfucking me things have the, have the, uh, the, the most prolonged results. Sometimes the best fucking things have the most prolonged results. That's just a fucking fact. And, a lot, and that may go over a lot of y'all head. But the, the real understand, sometimes the best motherfucking thing has the most prolonged fucking results. You got to wait for the best things in life, B. You truly fucking do. The grind don't stop. That's what the grind is all about. So I just want to make sure I come on the podcast and let everybody know, bro, the what if zone, the what if realm is very dangerous. You playing a dangerous fucking game when you ask yourself what if. The moment you ask yourself what if, that's the moment you start second guessing yourself. That's the moment you start you start doubting if you made the right decision for yourself and all that good shit. And a lot of times, sometimes you may not make the right decision. But you're truly only going to deem that as a mistake or a failure if you second guess yourself. A lot of times you just got to live what the fuck you're doing and let that shit ride on some on some, on some Russell Wilson shit. Let's ride. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like somebody got to just let that shit ride. But I know it's something that I struggle with on the motherfucking me. On a daily basis, um, so I wanted to make sure I came on the podcast and talked about it because I don't hear a lot of motherfucking people talking about that shit. I see a lot of people doing it, but they don't really talk about that shit and try to help other people stop doing that shit. Because we all we all know how painful that shit is on the inside. So why not try to spread some fucking uh some way for other people not to experience that pain? At least I do it. Fuck it. Tap in, subscribe to the podcast, man. <laughs> tell a friend to tell a friend. <laughs> Real motherfucking me talk. Um. But moving on, man, I, I want to talk about uh, the get money game. You know, the get money game equals justification. For all the people that's, on, that's watching OG Guys TV, you can see that on the screen right now. For the people that's listening to uh, the podcast on, on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Audio Mac, all that good shit. Shout out to y'all, real MVPs. Um, the topic is how get money game equals justification. You know, after the, after I released last week's episode, it always happens like this where major news broke. And the major news that broke the, um, this past week was the Kanye West Drink Champs interview. I will be first to say, as you all know by now, I don't fuck with Kanye West. I know I got on. I feel like Kobe shirt. It's a knockoff, big. <laughs> I didn't pay the big bucks. I'm not giving Kanye West no fucking money. It's truly just an iron code. I could wear my AD jersey because last night's game against the fucking Warriors, I'm just sick of the nigga, bro. I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> Dreads and all, bro. I'm sick of the nigga, man. Um, but the Drink Champs interview with Kanye West, you know, it, was, it, was, it, it broke. It, it went viral. 
I think I seen a Dream Champs interview. I've had like two million views in like 20, uh, 28 hours or something like that. Less than two days. I didn't watch. I don't support Kanye West. I'm hip to the Kanye West um, scheme and how he do things. I, I understand that when Kanye West is up, Kanye West shit on black people every fucking time. There, there's never been a time in Kanye West's career that when he was up and his pockets was hefty where he didn't shit on black folks. The only time you ever seen Kanye West taking shots at white folks or, or standing up for black folks is when that nigga was broke. Think about it, my nigga. Anytime Kanye West was broke or had a pro or had some type of fucking project outside of music he couldn't get off, that's when he was talking, as he was begging and pleading and talking shit about the white folks. When that nigga had an album coming out, that's when he told George Bush he ain't like black folks. That's the only time Kanye West panders to black folks is when he got some shit that's finna drop. But for the most part, that nigga don't give a fuck about niggas. I told people this shit back in 05. I've never fucked with Kanye West. So I'm not surprised by shit he says now. In the Dream Chaps interview, the nigga went on a whole, you know what I mean? Niggas talked, he talked about the George Floyd situation. You know what I'm saying? Talking about the, his, his knee weight on his neck like that type shit. Like, he said a whole bunch of stupid bullshit. He said a whole bunch of stupid ass bullshit. And I always say, I always say, you know, it's crazy what money could do for a motherfucker. Because the reason why I say get money again equals justification is because I, I first I was gonna come on this podcast and I was gonna get on Nori ass and I was gonna say, yo, Nori, my nigga, how 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 long into the game do you still got to do shit for clicks? I'm a nigga that's not even popping like I want to be popping because I don't do shit for clicks. I have an internal battle with myself every day because I could easily do some stupid shit and get the clicks, but I just don't want my shit to have that on its rep, on its uh, on its jacket when this shit get ten years down the line. I want my shit to be a certain way. So when it's like, when Nori, why bring Kanye West on your platform knowing you're going to say what he say? The reason why you did it is because you know this shit was going to go viral. You chasing the moment. So I was going to get on Nori ass about that. Because you got to understand who Kanye West is and as much bullshit as he says, he has a lot of influence on a lot of dumb motherfuckers. It's a lot of dumb motherfuckers out here. So when you have Kanye West, who is a very powerful black man in the world, He's saying the shit about George Floyd. That's only giving credence to the other to the white motherfuckers who already felt like that to openly say the shit. But I had to take it back because I didn't want to talk about Kanye West. I said, you know what? Fuck it. Although that happened, fuck it. Let that shit go, Hatch. Don't even talk about that bitch ass nigga. But the reason why I bring it up is because as the days went on. I started to see more and more people, my people, that look like me, talk like me, sound like me, start to say they stand with Kanye West. And I didn't get on nobody's ass. I didn't hop in the comments. I didn't say, nigga, why? I just read, I just read why they would say they 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 uh, stood with Kanye Tedder. And motherfuckers, the first thing that came out their mouth was he can't be that crazy. That man got $10 billion. He can't be this crazy. He got money. He rich as a motherfucker. He ain't that crazy. And I'm sitting back. I'm like, what the fuck does that man money got to do with what he said about George Floyd? What the fuck does that man's money got to do with what he said about slave? What the fuck does that man's money got to do with anything he say? What the fuck does his money got to do with that? You know, people have to understand that. If you get a bag, my nigga, there's going to be a group of people who justify whatever the fuck you do. That's a fact. Hey, it's not even about Kanye West no more. This goes to any fucking celebrity, anybody with a bag. If you get money, tangible money, 
there's going to be a group of people who justify whatever the fuck you do because there's a group of people out there in this world that exists who think money is the end all be all. There's no way I can give a fuck about the money that's in your bank account. When you saying all this anti-Semitic, all this George Floyd dissing shit, when you saying all this shit, I don't give a fuck about how much money you make. Now, granted, I don't give a fuck about nobody's religion. I don't even look. I don't give a fuck about that shit. I don't go to church. I don't give a fuck about that shit. I got niggas who's Christians. They're my niggas. I don't give a fuck. I don't care about that shit. So I don't care about what people believe in and what they don't believe in. You got your you got your own shit. But when you got niggas who get on who get on platforms and spew fucking lies, misinformation, that shit is a problem. It's cool for a nigga like Joe Blow, like a nigga who don't who not friends of the show who see this and be like, nigga, you doing it. It's different when a nigga like me is doing it. When a nigga that got hundreds of millions of probably down there a billion people who, who ride what the fuck he say, that's different. That's fucking different. You niggas got mad at Trump for spreading misinformation. We got to get mad at Kanye West for doing the exact same motherfucking thing. And the first thing a motherfucker say about Kanye West and how he not that crazy is because he got billions of dollars. I don't give a fuck about your money. That don't make you less of a goofball, corny-ass nigga to me. That makes it even worse. Because, nigga, you don't even have to be this corny, goofy-ass motherfucker. You're choosing to be this nigga. So it's even worse. So the give money gang is automatic, automatic justification. A motherfucker will find any excuse in the book for you if they like you, especially if you're getting some money. Nigga, you get money. You can't, you can't do no wrong in nobody's eyes. Motherfucker swerving down, Michael Jackson was a good dude. You serious? <laughs> Are you fucking serious? But get money gang. Nigga walked backwards. Nigga made all them hits. He get money gang. Them fans are going to justify whatever the fuck he do. I guess the moral of the story with this life shit is get a fucking bag. <laughs> get a fucking bag, nigga. That's the moral of the story with this whole life shit. Get a fucking bag. If you want motherfuckers in your corner, get a bag. Real talk. Get a fucking bag. Half more R. Kelly. Motherfucking R. Kelly was, was, was a free man because he had a bag. He was paying motherfuckers off. Motherfucker was justifying what the fuck he was doing. Looking the other fucking way. As soon as that nigga bag ran out, justification ran out. They locked that nigga the fuck up. And I'm not saying he should have been free. My point is, when you get in that bag, people will look the other way. When you get in that bag, motherfuckers will squint their eyes hard enough to see where you coming from. Moral of the story, my nigga, get a bag. <laughs> in the wise words of Young Dolph, rest in peace. Get paid, young nigga, get paid. That's the way of fucking life, man. That's the cheat code to fucking life. <laughs> Real talk, man. Um, moving on, man. Before we wrap this podcast on up, uh, let me move this. Let me get back up here. You know, I want to do a quick recap. Um, like I said earlier in the podcast, you know, opening day, NBA is back. It's opening week right now. Like I said, I just had the fucking Memphis Grizzlies and Knicks game going on. Uh, the Grizzlies pulled that one out. Good for the parlay. <laughs> That's very good. Real good. Um. You know, there's been a lot of talks about how good this season is going to be. Um, and I had to think about it because I don't know how many. Damn, he just, damn, he, oh, my God, he just dunked on that nigga something crazy. Oh, my God, is that Paolo? Paolo Boncaro catching bodies? Hmm. Nigga like that. Okay. <laughs> He's like that. Um. I have to think about it because they say it's going to be the, one of the best seasons ever because how many teams is really good. And when you really think about it, this is probably the, the first time in my lifetime to where both conferences are this deep. When you look at the Eastern Conference, bro, you got to think, you got obvious is Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, um, 
Toronto, uh, Miami, Chicago. Um, uh, Cleveland, um, and Brooklyn. I ain't even fucking say Brooklyn. Um, you got all of those teams, right? And then you got some teams who can probably scratch the surface and be valid for that play in and probably make some Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? Teams like that. But then when you come over to the Western Conference, you got you got Gold State, you got the Clippers, you got Memphis Grizzlies, you got Denver Nuggets, you got fucking uh, 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 uh. Dallas Mavericks, you get the Phoenix Suns. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully the Lakers can do something. Them niggas is ass, but hopefully they can you know, be in the in the in the thick of things with the Minnesotas of the world and shit like that. It's a lot of fucking teams that's actually pretty good. It's a lot of teams in the NBA where it's like it's actually pretty fucking good. And it remind you know what? It reminds me of that team, that season where the Western Conference where it was like all the teams, like everybody had like 50 fucking win season. That was a season where I think the Minnesota Timberwolves with Kevin Love missed the playoffs. And they had like, they won like what, 49 or, or 50 fucking games and missed the playoffs. That's when Shaq was on the Suns and shit like that. Like, it was a year where the Western Conference was that fucking thick. And I feel like the whole NBA is going to be a fucking slaughterhouse, man. Because when you really look at the NBA, yeah, you got Golden State who's just fucking outrageous right now. To me, they're the only team. Obviously, it's still early. You got I ain't even seen all the teams, but just coming into my into the season, well, my thought process is like, I don't really see the other twenty nine teams fucking with Golden State. Like, yeah, you just had Boston beat the fuck out of um who the Philly uh, last night. I don't see that as the same as fucking Golden State. Because when I see Boston, yeah, you still got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and shit like that. But I'm not a believer in Grant Williams. I don't think that nigga gonna be like that. I don't think he good. I don't think so. But I do understand they their system, they they're, they're actually solid fucking team. And they gotta get healthy and Robert Williams gonna come back and things like that. But I don't think that team is the same as last year because this whole Ema Udoka shit. And especially, I just don't think they still compete with Golden State after Golden State got another year for Clay Thompson to get back healthy. They bringing in Wiseman, who who healthy now. Moses Moody, Jonathan Kamiga. Like, these niggas is nice. Jordan Poole, these niggas is nice. That's a, five, that's a starting five right there. A young niggas who's nice. And I ain't said shit about Steph, Clay, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond. I ain't mentioned them niggas. So the Warriors to me is just on a on a different fucking level, bro. Watching them last night against the Lakers, nothing surprised me. That's exactly what the fuck I thought was gonna happen. Now on my parlays, I did on a few of my I did bet for Lakers to cover the spread, just out of hopeful, you know, some hopeful wishing, hoping these niggas can just keep it close the first game of the season because you know they're gonna get their ass smacked by the Clippers. But the Lakers' first ten games is horrible. They may they they could easily go fucking two and eight. A one and nine type shit. Easily. So them niggas got the Warriors, the Clippers, the fucking Mavericks, the, the fucking uh, 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 Grizzlies. You know what I'm saying? They got to go to the motherfucking East and go to the – like, they first 10 games is a bitch. And the, the team itself is – the team itself is ass, bro. I'm not even going to lie to you. I like the roster if they trade Russ and go get Buddy Hill and Miles Turner. Now, I'm not trying to sit here and say that the team will be, you know, exponentially better. The team will work a lot better if it was instead of Russell Westbrook, it was Buddy Hill and Miles Turner. Just off top, like just just off top, it, it just it, it, it comes to a certain point in time where Muffles got giving my props. I told you, Russ got two years. I said that shit last year. Coming to last year, I said that nigga got two years. I said either that nigga gonna get it right this time or he gonna, he gonna be out the fucking league. And it's looking like this thing going to be out the fucking league at the end of this year, bro. Don't nobody want this, nigga. Why would you want him? What can he bring to your team? Now, this, this is not me trying to shit on Russ. This is me identifying the situation that you my nigga. This situation is horrible for both parties involved. Because this shit is not working to the point that this nigga is not going to have a job. There's no, but he was already not liked when he was good. The nigga looks ass right now, and he's still not liked. 
This is this is a clear example of not shitting on people when you up. Because now that Russell Westbrook ain't performing how he used to perform, he getting killed by everybody. Because that nigga was rocking the baby and getting triple doubles in OKC and winning MVP and getting scoring titles and shit, pumping his chest and shit at the fans and all that shit, not answering the questions in his media questions when he was up. They remembered that shit. They remembered that. So now that you turn the ball over every other play, now that you motherfucking me benching yourself because you you now you take you pull yourself out the games, you got benched. Like now that you're doing this little amateur league shit, they own your ass to the point to where your reputation is being ruined. So even once you're not on the Lakers no more, where are you gonna go? Where are you gonna go? That be not because I don't want you to play in the league no more. I hate for niggas to be in they in they um in the in the first half of their thirties and their career is just rushed. I hate when niggas get forced out the league, but we see it happen all the time when niggas just don't fucking mature or or conform to the environment. You gotta adapt. You not that nigga. You not the second nigga. You not really the third nigga on a good team. Because you're not really a third nigga on a bad team right now. So you can't be a, that third nigga on a good team. That's just that's just logistics, nigga. <laughs> that's just the that's just, just common sense. So watching that first game, that shit was in. That shit was mid. I learned nothing new. I learned that the NBA just doing a better job of getting these fucking rings. They do a, a better job every motherfucking season, fam. That motherfucker opened up, and you seen you seen uh, four trophies in the inside of that motherfucker. Like they just they doing their damn thing with these motherfucking rings. LeBron went crazy. AD is a, is a disappointment. That nigga he started the first quarter off hot. Rest of the game he wasn't shit. You know you guys say you want to give a nigga the benefit of a doubt to where he can you know come back from his injury riddle last two years and you know smooth his way into you know a good year, but. I need more. I need my center to have more than six rebounds. Even if you have power forward. LeBron shouldn't be out-rebounding Anthony Davis. He sh- it shouldn't be happening. But that's the, that's just where we at as a team. Lakers is ass. Jeannie busted to sell the fucking team. She ain't did shit right since so she got the fucking team. We, had, we got one ring. I'm happy for that one ring. But we need niggas with deep pockets to run the Lakers, bro. There's no point in having all the star players who will easily come to the Lakers if the fucking organization can't bank, uh, break the fucking bank. If Steve Ballmer on the Lakers, my nigga, we'll have LeBron, AD, KD, and Kyrie in that motherfucker. They'll be all on one team. It'll be the motherfucker me, Los Angeles Nets in that motherfucker, dog. But the season is going to be, the season is what it is. You know what I mean? The season definitely is what it is. Um, it leads me to this next point I want to get into. Um, before they played the game and they did the whole ring ceremony, they was announcing Steph Curry. And that nigga ran off like some crazy. He was like, um, the eight-time all-star, the uh fucking NBA three-point uh, you know, three-point record holder, the fucking all-star game MVP, the fucking finals uh MVP. He was the the Western Conference player uh playoff MVP. Nigga had a lot of MVPs in one year, right? Going home, going with the championship, going with the three-point scoring record, going with graduating from college and shit like that. You look at this point in time, Steph Curry got four rings in eight years. Now, I always was talking about Kobe had five rings in 10 years. Kobe truly had five rings in 10 years. Steph got four in eight years. And I seen somebody say we're not in LeBron James era no more. We're in the Steph Curry era. And I had, and, and when I heard it, I damn near, I damn near said, hold on. But at kind of a certain point in time, so whereas like, although we never thought of Stephen Curry as the LeBrons and the Giannis's because his team was so deep and he never truly was doing it by itself, it kind of a certain point in time where it's like, okay, hold on. Is, is Steph Curry truly on that Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant level? I know it's crazy trying to say Kobe and Steph Curry in the same sentence right now, 
I'm having a hard time doing it. I'm trying my best to think from somebody else's point of view 10 years, 20 years from now. This this is this is like a, a, a future perspective from somebody else. I don't think I ever will put Steph Curry on Kobe level because I've seen Kobe go through a lot of shit by itself. I've seen Kobe drag Smush Parker. I've seen Kobe outscoring teams by itself in three quarters. I've seen the fucking 81 points. Like, I've seen my nigga do some shit on that court that I've yet to see anybody else do. Yet. They can't even try. They, they look stupid trying to do it. But with Steph, although he may not be Kobe, that nigga Tim Duncan, <laughs> like, we got, we, at a certain point in time, it's like, yeah, that nigga on Tim Duncan level. Because, yeah, Kobe and Tim Duncan got five rings apiece, right? I never truly looked at Tim Duncan as on his level, his career level as Kobe Bryant. Because my nigga Kobe was the man. Kobe was, I'm not saying the man, he's talking about the man for his team. Kobe was the man for the league. That was never Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan ain't never had to worry that, you know, worry the fucking scrutiny that Kobe did. He never went through the shit that Kobe went through. He didn't have one coach for all them years. Granted, he ain't win no rings without Phil, but nigga Phil left. Kobe had to endure that shit. I don't think nobody's ever tripped off how lucky you got to be to have one coach for your entire career. Like, niggas was, was talking about how lucky Tom Brady was to have Bill Belichick. Pop, he had popped the whole time. The whole time. Now, I'm not saying, you know what I'm saying, that's a knock on dude, but that's some shit you got to point out when you look at the comparisons between Kobe and Timmy and Timmy and Steph. Because although he didn't have uh, Steve Curry's whole ent his entire career, but his entire fucking prime and and championship and playoff relevancy, yes, Steve Kerr. That one year with Mark Jackson, that was a building block. Only the true hoopers know about that, but it was Steve Kerr. So at color point in time, yeah, we we in the Steph Curry era. There's been other niggas who won. You know, LeBron got two. Fucking uh, uh, Giannis got him one. Kawhi got him one. But if not, for the most part, it's Steph League, bro. Steph got this shit on a lot. And I tell all people all the time that, yeah, Kevin Durant got his two rings. The reason Kevin Durant went to Golden State is because it was no longer between Kevin Durant and LeBron James at that point in time. Kevin Durant was coming fresh off breaking his foot. The OKC had went to the finals, but they had them years going in back-to-back uh, to, -back to where Russ got hurt, he, uh, KD got hurt, then they back together, and then they let they blow a 3-1 lead. That's what happened. And with that happening... The nigga who, who capitalized off that was Stephen Curry. Finals run, MVP, unanimous MVP, championships. That was Steph Curry. The odd man out of the whole media scrum was Kevin Durant. So, yeah, KD went to go join the fucking party. He needed to get his name back in the mix. But besides that, this been Steph shit. It's been Steph shit to the point where LeBron is taking the back seat to Steph. So, yeah, is, is, are we in a Steph Curry era? I would have to say, yeah. I would have to say, yeah. We are, we, we are officially in the Steph Curry era. And quite honestly, that motherfucker been and it's been Steph Curry era. We just it, we just ain't acknowledged the shit. It, it, it's crazy what a nigga gotta do to get his props. A nigga four rings in. Two MVPs later, you know what I'm saying? Only thing Steph Curry don't have is an Olympic gold medal. That's it. He did all this shit. And now we just now saying it's the Steph Curry era. That's tough. <laughs> That's fucking tough. We were so quick to get that shit to Giannis. When Kawhi went to Toronto and came to the Clippers, it's Kawhi town. We so quick to... Get that motherfucker with everybody else because we tired of LeBron. We just never gave it to a nigga who truly been running this shit. That light-skinned 6'3 nigga from the back. Wardell. It's the Steph Curry era, man. And it's going to be one hell of an era to be running because this shit, this, this run looking like some, some Kobe shit. Some Kobe MJ level type shit. We look at the, the amount of competition. I don't know. I don't know if he ever gonna get his props because of the, the team he owned, but he's undoubtedly the man. He's been always been the man.
So I don't know. Steph Curry ever gonna be one hell of a ride. The continuance of it. Cause this nigga's amazing, fam. Like I said, I seen that nigga in person. He's the only player I've ever seen in my life with my own eyes that he's unguardable. And it's not it's not the same way you see LeBron, Steph, I mean and Kobe and Katie. Steph Curry is unguardable, but I, I to all the friends of the show. Because I want to say, so I'm going to wrap the podcast on up. If you ever get a chance to go see Steph Curry play basketball, you have to see it. And just watch that nigga. When I'm talking about the amount of running he does, and you see these other grown-ass men who's supposed to be the most in-shape niggas in the world, when you see them running around chasing that nigga, they tired as fuck, and then he get the ball and put that motherfucker on the string, my nigga, it's the most unguardable shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, Steph Curry truly is fucking amazing. Like, if you can go see Steph Curry play basketball, you don't need to go see nobody else. You don't need to see nobody else if you see Steph Curry play basketball. You will never see nothing else like it. I don't know what that whole Trey Young shit look like, but even watching that shit at the the crib on TV, nah, that ain't it. (laughs) It ain't it. When you talk about Steph Curry, it's a, it's a lot of fucking shit without the ball you got to watch. That nigga's amazing, bro. Real motherfucking talk. <laughs> Truly motherfucking is. Um, but moving on, man. I think that's all we got, man. Let me see. I think this is a, a, a shorter episode than usual by a little bit. Not too much. Uh, shorter. We got to talk about monogamous hatch, success and I, behold, to get money game, living in the wood if realm. The, uh, the quick recap of the NBA open night. Yeah, we, we scratched all that shit. Uh, you know, if I wrap this podcast on up, man, I want to say, you know, I want to say shout out to all, you know what I'm saying, the condom snatchback queens. <laughs> shout out to all condom snatchback queens, man. You know who the fuck you are. <laughs> like, I don't think we appreciate I'm going to speak for myself. I got this one. I had this one chick, right? This may be TMI, but fuck it. I miss it. <laughs> Shorty had some of the craziest vagina in the world. Every time I had to count them on, somehow, some way, that motherfucker gripped and took that bitch clean the fuck up. Never happened to me with anybody else in my life. <laughs> Never happened before. And I didn't value that pussy. I dogged it. <laughs> I ain't talking about that. I ain't talking about that. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. I fucked up. But, uh, yeah, uh, but, uh, but, uh, you know, I want to say shout out to all the, the condom snatchback queens. You are truly adored out there in this world. <laughs> out there, this climate of eyes, man. You are truly adored. You are a really top tier woman. <laughs> you are a top tier woman. All the condom snatchback queens, you know exactly who you are. Fellas, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The shorty where you smashing, you got the condom on, and you just look down, that motherfucker's gone. That pussy ate that motherfucker up. You got to appreciate them. <laughs> Put up with their shit. Trust me, it's worth it. <laughs> It's worth it, B. <laughs> Real motherfucking talk. Um, but that's all we got this week, man. I hope y'all appreciate the episode, man. Episode 103 of the Thin Line Between Jason and Sandy Pocket, hosted by yours truly. OG Hatch, man. Follow your boy on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that good shit. TikTok at OG Hatch, OG Hatch TV on YouTube as well. Um, subscribe to the podcast, ring that bell, drop a like, comment, all that good shit. Um, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you leave. Uh, you listen to podcasts or leave a review for your boy five star that thing on now. Um, anything y'all want to talk about, man, hit, hit your boy up in the DMs and the comment section. Anything, man, I'll reply back to you guys as much as I can, man. It's what the fuck I do. I enjoy talking to you guys as much as I can. Um, so definitely, man, if you got something you want to talk about, hit your boy up. If you got any suggestions about what should be on the podcast, hit your boy up, man. I'll talk about it for you guys and make sure I uh, shout you out as well so you can make sure you get your recognition and be more involved with the motherfucking show. Um, that's it, B. <laughs> Let's get the fuck on out of here, man, so I can edit this podcast and get it out to you guys, man. 
since I don't feel good and shit like that, man. Maybe an early night for you, boy. Um, my one says, shout out to everybody around the world. Tap in, join the conversation, man. I truly appreciate all love and support, man. Um, let's keep this empire brick by motherfucking me brick. Um, you know how I give it up on this side, man. It's all love these ways. Never let them sidetrack you with the bullshit. Always keep the main thing the main thing. Stay safe. Stay sharp. Stay sane. And how I try next week, man. We out this motherfucker. Peace. <laughs> the condom snatchback queens. Man. Tame and straight. I was fucking with. Oh, my God. Man, ass was crazy, beautiful, skin glowing all the time. I just couldn't put up with her attitude. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I'm trying to get that one back. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Honey, I'm home.